Welcome to the Puzzle Podcast CMO Series. Welcome to the Puzzle CMO Series, where we discuss all things marketing and BD and services. Topic today is going to be around running an effective alumni community. Now we all know that alumni communities have so much potential to build real drivers of success in multiple areas for law firms. On a high level for the firm, there is the ability to nurture a community of current and future clients. And for the alumni, they benefit from a valuable network. Ultimately, there's great synergy between the two. I'm really lucky today to welcome Jenna Grange, Chief Marketing Officer at Davis, Graham and Stubbs, to talk about what it takes to get an alumni program really firing. Jenna, welcome. Thank you. No, absolutely thrilled to have you on. I hear that it's been a very busy month for you, so thanks so much for making the time. Thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate your time. Brilliant. No, really excited. So I guess to really kick things off, um, what would be great to understand is how did you actually come to be CMO at DGS? Um, And along with that, you know, how did you realize that the alumni program would be something that you thought could really drive results at the firm? Sure. I've personally been in legal marketing and business development for 20 years now, which is hard to believe. I fell into it after undergrad at the University of Colorado when I pursued a job at an advertising agency in Annapolis, Maryland, just out of Washington, D.C., and the majority of the agency's clients just happened to be larger law firms. So after spending about five years working on these AMLAW 100 size accounts, I took a job in-house at a law firm based in Texas with offices in Dallas, Houston, and Austin, and knew in my heart of hearts that I had always wanted to make my way back to Colorado. So I actually connected with the then DGS Director of Business Development and Marketing at a Managing Partners Forum conference, and she just happened to be hiring at the time. So I applied on a whim, was offered the position, and then relocated back to Colorado. She is actually the firm's CFO now, and in case she's listening, is one of the smartest individuals I've ever met. I've been at DGS for 11 of those 20 years now, and time flies when you're having fun, and I feel like it's easier to accomplish more now that I've gained institutional knowledge and the trust of DGS attorneys and their clients. For reference sake, DGS is the third largest law firm in the state of Colorado, and we have 145 attorneys based here in Denver. With respect to your question regarding the alumni program, Over the last decade, it just became more apparent that many of our attorneys who did leave DGS took in-house counsel positions, and the firm had done a nice job at the offboarding process, but we were not strategically able to follow up with alumni once they had actually left the law firm. So we started a distribution list in our CRM, and the initiative organically started to come together over time. Although some larger law firms have this programming in place, Frankly, it was harder to find a mid-sized law firm with an alumni program, so we met with those in the business who do them best, including educational institutions. Amazing. I mean, I think firstly, how brilliant that you're able to make your way back to Colorado to a place that you love, to a fantastic firm. I mean, what a stroke of luck that is. And then secondly, I suppose that in-house institutional knowledge that you're able to gain has clearly helped you sort of position that alumni program. Um, So actually, what would be great to understand is actually, what did the alumni program look like in those early days compared to what it is now? You know, in the early days, the firm would hold one-off events or we would get periodic requests for contact information for specific DGS alumni. 
But then in an effort to really harness this power and effectively follow up with the DGS alumni, the firm launched the DGS alumni network in June of 2020, which was a nice excuse to be able to reach out to many of the law firm's contacts during the pandemic. The DGS alumni network created a consistent touch point between DGS, the firm's alumni through a password protected alumni web portal, complete with a DGS alumni directory, a list of firm events, future job opportunities, volunteer opportunities, electronic newsletters, and more. I know it's 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 quite a bundle. Um, but during the lunch, we we did create a video that featured a dozen of our alumni that explained the initiative. And then the first newsletter had a 46% open rate, which I'll never forget because it's it has only gone up from there. And each issue features a popular DGS alumni in the news section where we actually announce DGS alumni job moves, new leadership positions, accolades, and other timely newsworthy items. Yeah, that's fascinating. I suppose once you've been so ingrained into a firm, it's so nice to be able to make the most of actually engaging with all of those individuals that either are still there or have left. And, and what a nice way to do it. And actually, I absolutely love all of the different sort of uh, things that are going into the melting pot there that you mentioned in terms of that password protected area. There's so much that people can actually in- engage with, which is fantastic, um, which I think actually leads me on to my next question, which was, how do you make an alumni program a community that people actively want to engage in and be part of? It'd be great to really, really get into the, uh, the, the, the nitty gritty on that one. Sure. Um, to make this program meaningful and sustainable, we really have tried to create as interactive of a forum as possible. We genuinely want to hear from our alumni whether it's for newsletter content suggestions, a new hiring need, or an event topic CLE that would prove helpful to their practice. Also, in the password protected web portal, DGS alumni have access to one another as well, including email and phone numbers, which as many of you listening know, can be kind of hard to find online these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, as you say, opening up that directory is just just so incredibly important and having that interactive element, element just being able to communicate with each other I mean if we look at you know modern day and communications you know be it sort of Facebook LinkedIn um, Instagram whatever it might be that's how people are wanting to engage with each other particularly in this online world so fantastic that you've been able to harness that Jenna um, so so with that are there ways in which you're actually measuring what you're doing and, and reporting on the program? You know, although we can certainly tie new and enhanced business anecdotes to ROI, this initiative is really intended to support DGS attorney business development. We carefully manage the firm's attorney offboarding process and calculate roughly 12 alumni invitations or mailings each year, which, you know, serve as helpful reminders and impressions. But the program was really never created to be a standalone revenue generator. Sure. Well, I think um, on the point of managing that off board, I think you were sharing with me beforehand that, um, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, that actually in that offboarding program, I think you get given some rather nice Tiffany's uh, gift as you're actually <laughs> leaving. Do. We um, give those exiting the firm a thumbprint bowl yeah, because they left their, their fingerprints here on the firm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure anybody listening will be, uh, you know, especially if they're part of DGS, looking forward to that if they ever move on. But anyone else leaving, <laughs> leaving firms, what a nice gift. And actually, when you've got that on your mantelpiece, you know, 
aside from the alumni program that you're running what a nice way to kind of look at that and think oh look at all those great people that I used to work with I need to be in contact with them or whatever so <laughs> a really nice kind of touch point I mean I suppose a little bit like our pastel octopus that, that are spread far and wide now um, <laughs> but anyway I mean, as you were saying I'm just picking back up on that before going off on a tangent you're talking about sort of some of those uh, anecdotal examples for, from that um, have there been any particular outcomes from the program that that's made it really worthwhile Yes, I can tell you without a doubt that we have helped place in-house counsel positions who have then gone on to hire the law firm. We have also linked events and CLEs to new and more business. But again, without the attorney relationships that have been maintained too, it's really hard to pinpoint what has tipped the scale. The ROI consists mainly of anecdotal feedback at this juncture. But what I can confirm is that now we have roughly 12 impressions with DGS alumni each annuum that we did not consistently have in place prior to 2020. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm sure that, you know, in time, those anecdotal examples lead to revenue. And, and that's when everyone really starts to engage with it. But fundamentally, just creating that community, which is something that we all all sort of sought after so much, is clearly having, having a really big impact. Um, and I know you touched upon BD there um, a little bit in terms of that alumni program and what it's brought for the lawyers. But we previously spoke about um, another program that I just wanted to bring up. And it's I think you called it the, the Good Deeds program at DGS. Like, and I know there's a bit of a link here and it's brought a huge amount of benefit to the firm. But I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about, about it, because I absolutely loved it and what it stands for. You bet. Um, the year DGS turned 100, the law firm did 130 since we couldn't pick just 100 volunteer <laughs> based good deeds, all of which were supported by a financial contribution to each nonprofit. We branded the initiative as the Year of 100 Good Deeds and launched a ticker on a custom microsite internally so we could monitor our progress, had branded promotional items, et cetera. But long story short, DGS ended up making connections to various nonprofit leaders in town. During the same time, we recognized how helpful it was for many of our transplant lawyers in particular, who we had recruited from the coast to meet local business professionals. Mm. The DGS lawyers were gaining soft leadership skills by running these nonprofits, sharpening their practice of law tactics via the pro bono work they were doing for the nonprofit, and were more organically able to ask for the business in this sort of grassroots setting. Fast forward a few years later, we currently have lawyers in 155 charitable, civic, and legal nonprofit leadership positions and programs in town. And keep in mind that we have 145 lawyers. Again, some of these board commitments include pro bono work, which is helpful since the firm pledges 50 hours of pro bono work per lawyer to the Colorado Supreme Court each year. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, to say you've got 145 lawyers and 155 positions is incredibly impressive. And what I love is that it's not just the partners, it's across the board. And again, I yes. think something that has come up in so many different conversations with um, you know, people in the marketing and business development world and in, in, in legal firms and the law space is that actually it's so hard to, to teach those soft skills. You know, people come up throughout and often they're not really taught and then you get to becoming a partner and you're expected to go out and do this business development. And what you've really leveraged there with that program is that people are going out and doing good in the community, first off, but also just able to work on all those soft skills and then ultimately bring, bring in some business eventually. And I think you've touched upon there as well, bringing people from the coast, obviously come to Colorado because it's a fantastic place and it's a chance mm -hmm. for them to integrate into the, into the community. So a really nice, nice one that I'm sure you're very proud of. We, we are. It's, it's been a terrific program for the firm and it's a feel good. 
initiative. Yeah, of course, of course, it feels good. I mean, that you know, when you can give back to to everybody around you, it's only, it's only a good thing. Um, right. So that that brings me round to just that final question, the final question that we always ask people um, on our podcast, and it, it's about that one piece of advice. You know, that single takeaway for anyone who's listening. Um, so, what would be your one piece of advice for for legal marketers, Jenna? It has been said before, but I'll say it again: clients want to work with people they like and trust. So take the time to cultivate real relationships around you. There is no one size fits all marketing program or a magic advertisement that is going to guarantee you billable work. It really is that simple. Be your authentic self. And hopefully these types of underlining initiative examples I've discussed in this podcast can certainly help you and bolster awareness of your law firm's brand. Yeah, I think I think you're right. That being your authentic self and just, you know, being able to build up those genuine relationships. I, I, and I absolutely love what you're doing with the alumni program because so many people are striving for something similar. And as I mentioned, you're, you're creating a community that's having um, a huge benefit towards the firm and ultimately is allowing people to your very point there building those genuine relationships. So thank you so much for sharing that. It's, it's, it's been really, really interesting to listen and thanks for, for obviously coming on. Um, today, we're actually gonna try something a little bit different that we haven't done before. A chance, we've had some fantastic knowledge from, from Jenna and I've really enjoyed talking to you about that alumni program and there's gonna be so many takeaways for people, but for everyone to get a little bit of more of a feel of who you are as a person, we wanted to do a bit of a quick fire round. Um, so you okay for us to, to, to rattle off a few questions and give a few answers on that? You bet. Let's do it. Brilliant. Exciting. So um, to start us off, what's your favorite business and non-business book? My favorite business book right now is titled In Charge, The Energy Management Guide for Badass Women Who Are Tired of Being Tired by Dr. Erin Reeves. What a title, right? Um, In full disclosure, the book does contain a lot of curse words, which personally kept me captivated and talks about the difference between being tired and being exhausted. I would encourage you to pick it up. Dr. Reeves spoke at a DEI-related DGS event last month, and she truly is one of a kind. She has been supporting some of our firm-wide initiatives for the last decade and helped us launch the DGS project-based feedback program that we have in place here at the firm. As for my favorite non-business book, I personally love biographies, and my favorite biography right now is by Patty Boyd. It covers the love triangle between Patty, George Harrison, and Eric Clapton, and reveals how the song Layla was born. Brilliant. Two, two, two brilliant reads, no doubt. Um, so secondly, <laughs> secondly what, is, uh, what was your first job? My first job was as a waitress at a pub in Philadelphia one summer in college, and I still remember the wing sauce underneath my fingernails when I would get off my shift. So gross. Oh, so lovely. I, I, had, I probably had something <laughs> very similar when I first started working, uh, my first ever job in the summer. Um, so thirdly, uh, what makes you happy at work? I still feel like a cheerleader a lot of the time. When the lawyers want to pitch or knock it out of the park with a client service gesture, it feels like a personal win for me and the team, which makes me happy. Good. Good. Fourthly, uh, what are you listening to at the moment? I mean, that could be podcast, music, audiobook. I have a three-year-old son named Gibson, and he currently dominates my playlist. His <laughs> favorite song is Wheels on the Bus by Coco Melon. And Gibson is also a fan of the Cars movie soundtrack. When we tend to listen to these songs on repeat. Well, I mean, I love cars, but I think once it's going on repeat, it might start to send me slightly loopy. Um, and finally, uh, what is your favorite place to visit? Or should I say, where is your favorite place to visit? 
Since I'm so fortunate to live in the mountains here in Colorado, for vacation or a holiday, I am always in pursuit of a new perfect beach in case you or any listeners have recommendations. I'm sure we could give you a few recommendations over here in Europe. But Jenna, thanks so much for, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I thoroughly enjoyed obviously learning um, about, about the alumni program that you're running, the Good Deeds program, but also you know getting to know you a little bit, little bit better. And hopefully it's been a, a great lesson for all of our, our listeners as well. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. Bye.